Hey, it's Matty Carteropel. You might know me from Stranger Things or a series of unfortunate events, but here you'll know me as the guy who has a podcast called Words Are Word, which means words are cool, and they are. So on this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing authors and writers about their books and their scripts. We're going to be talking words. We're going to talk about the meaning of words. We're going to learn new words. It's going to be a fun time. You're going to learn. I'm going to educate you. It's going to be great. I'm going to learn. It's going to be a lot of learning. It's going to be a fun time. So we're going to be learning about words and we're going to be talking words and it's going to be great. So uh, yeah, this first episode I'm very excited about because he's a very close friend of mine. His name is Chris Dotson. He's um, an author and he's also an actor, but he's written these great books and they're called, I hope you have a pen, write this down, Eat With Caution and The Lumber Jerk. And he's awesome. And you're going to love this episode because he's such a funny guy and we learned some new words. Um, and speaking of words, uh, one thing I'm going to do every podcast is we're going to flip through a dictionary. And I have a dictionary right here. And I'm just going to, you know, put my finger on a random word, flip through the book, put my finger on a random word. Here we go. Flipping through the book. I'm going to pick a random word here. Okay, this is a good word. Groundwork. And that's what we're doing here. We're building the groundwork for this podcast. And uh, it means it's a noun and it's a preliminary or basic work. Very true. That's great. So let's do, uh, let's, we're, this, that's what this is. We're doing the groundwork. We're doing the intro to this podcast and uh, it's going to be great. So yeah, let's dive right into this. Hope you got your swimsuit on and you're ready to dive in. So here we go. So just to give you a little context about uh, what we first talk about in the podcast is Chris is trying to find a pillow to sit on because he wants to be more comfortable sitting down and he wants to be at eye level with me uh, because we're talk we were talking through Zoom. And uh, just so you know, just for now, this is just going to be an audio podcast, but he wanted to be more comfortable. So that's what we're talking about uh, to start off, give you some context, because I don't want you to, you know, get it right into it. Be like, wait, what's what's going on with this pillow? What's happening? Ah. So we don't want that. So uh, so, yeah, let's dive right in get your swim trunks on or your bathing suit and let's just dive right in okay here we go so we're just doing a play-by-play -play here chris dotson is our guest our first guest on this new podcast is getting a pillow so yeah go higher um yeah this will just be a, a an audio podcast for now um and uh do you have a pillow that you can hold as well yeah, got this blue pillow, my security pillow. Yeah, I'm all set. Cool, cool. You're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
welcome uh, to this uh, podcast, the new <laughs> podcast. It's called Words Are Word. Uh, I think that name makes sense, doesn't it? What I'm trying to you get it. Okay, what does it mean to you, Chris? My first guess. Words, words are, word. are word. To me, that means words are cool. Yeah. Words are awesome. They're dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got it. You get a you get an A for the day. All right. A plus, actually. <laughs> All right. I'll That's take it. On there. It's the best but news yeah. I've had in months. Huh? It's the best news I've had in months. I know, right? Yay. Yeah. Chris Chris Dotson's the best. He's my best man at my wedding. He's a good. Yeah. Dude. He's written uh, a couple books now. Uh, one is the Lumberjerk. And the other is Eat With Caution. And uh, he's also an actor in Hollywood. Um, and uh, he's been in several TV shows and movies. Look up his IMDb page uh, and check it out. Um, IMDb, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's the website, right? Yeah, I've yeah. heard of that one. IDBM. Go to yeah. IBM. <laughs> <laughs> there too. Yeah. I'm on IBM too. <laughs> yeah, he's on IBM. No, you're more, you're more of an Apple guy, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I kind of grew up with Apple's. So always been an Apple guy. I might get a PC though, oddly enough, later this year for some other uh, purposes that we won't necessarily get into. But but yes, I'm largely an Apple guy. Yeah, <laughs> very secret, covert computer stuff. Um, oh, okay. No, it's for the uh, tax work to... I do in my other life. <laughs> I need oh, a PC oh, for it. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, you wear many hats. I do. I do. It's, it's exhausting, but it's fun. You need taxes if you're an, an artist or an actor. You don't. Yeah. Um, he's a very smart guy, and I wanted to talk to him about words. Well, first off the, off the bat, I gave you a little bit of podcast homework. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite word? Okay. Well, I thought long and hard about it, and it was the first word that popped in my head. And then I was like, it can't be that. And then I gave it like several days to think some more, try to think of a better word or, or a word I thought made me more excited or whatever you want to call it. But I kept coming back to this word. And the word is simply lunch. <laughs> lunch. I'm a big fan of the word lunch. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, Why do you love it so much? Just this gives me a, a positive feeling. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't enjoy lunch? You know, I think it's something we can all agree on, especially at a time when there's a lot of differing views of the world and, and those kind of things. But I think we can always agree on lunch and just like, there's just limited opportunity when you think of lunch, because there's so many different places you can get your lunch. You can have so many different meals for lunch. And uh, it's just always a bright spot of my day. It's part of the day I always look forward to is lunch. You know, you know who also is a big fan of lunch is um, an actor I worked with, uh, David Allen Greer. He was uh, he was in oh, yeah. Living Color. Yep. And the cop in Jumanji. Yeah. And, uh, he's a huge fan of lunch. He'd always ask when when's lunch. And okay. He's always posting about lunch, so <laughs> I feel like you should start following him and. Just, hey, I'm a fellow lunch person here. Love yeah, we lunch. can swap lunch stories. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's really cool. 
Yeah, I agree. I I love. I think, I you know what? I think lunch might be my favorite meal as well. Like, mine too. Yeah, yeah, because it's like you can go overboard with lunch. Like, it's let's say you're on a diet, or let's say you're trying to like eat a specific way, but yeah. then maybe at lunch you go overboard and you eat way too much, or you eat you know have stuff you shouldn't be having, whatever. Then you have dinner to make up for it. So you can just have a lighter dinner, yeah. you know, let dinner solve the problem, you know? So lunch is like, just go crazy, have fun, enjoy yourself. Get and wild. Then, yeah. Dinner's the one you have to work at, you know, and sometimes meal prep yeah. is more involved with dinner too, but that's, lunch is just like, like about cooking is meal prep. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a big meal prep person. Me uh, either. Especially yeah. breakfast. Like I, Oh, forget about it. Yeah. I love, I love going out for a nice diner breakfast, but we can't really do that right now. Right. But, uh, yeah, I just don't like uh, waking up and having to make make breakfast. Yeah, I like to ease into my morning as well. You know, I'll have some coffee, I'll make coffee, you know, but that's the extent of my breakfast, so to speak. And I might eat like a bar, but um, no meal prep first just thing in the morning, bar? I just can't do it. Yeah, I'm kind of hooked on these granola bars. I've been eating them for about, okay six years wait that's an exaggeration um but at least two years at least two years daily i've been eating these granola bars so just one granola bar is your breakfast yeah usually like two two cups of coffee and a granola bar and that's how i greet greet the day yeah it's the uh that's a recipe for success i wish i could do that yeah i have a bunch of uh meds that i have not mental meds but uh sure. meds that i have to take um yep. and uh i gotta eat with them and i can't i have to eat oh, like full sure. and i was yeah. just cereal for quite a while and then mm. i was getting dizzy and then my wife was like yeah because you're eating sugar <laughs> like oh, catch up oh with the yeah i miss cereal i miss eating cereal for sure um i've thought yeah. about bringing that back but um the bar honestly has been tidying me over the only medicine so to speak i take i'm taking vitamin d right now d is in david oh right um i don't know if they're like that's just a supplement you know but whatever but yeah, yeah kind of covid and just wanted to someone told me to take it and that's that's how i get my medical advice from someone i can't even remember telling me what to do just popped in my head like yeah i should take more vitamin d because someone said i should i don't know um i found microwave bacon at a grocery store that's the only other thing i could think of that i sometimes add to my bar i'll make some microwave bacon because that's really easy to make obviously whoa Um, yeah what do you mean microwave bacon like yeah on a prepackaged pack or yeah it's a trader joe's um microwave bacon yeah there's like it's like five bucks and I think you get like 20 pieces of bacon and you just put it in the microwave for like 20 seconds and you got bacon. So, Oh, whoa. (laughs) That sounds really good. Yeah. So that's another thing I enjoy eating to start the day. But, um, on top of the, uh, uh, we're we're recording again. Just so you know. Oh, sure. You ever put the bacon on top of the uh, the granola bar and just on top of the bar? Yeah, I haven't yet, but now that you mentioned that, that's something I'm probably gonna try. And I'm also thinking I might drizzle drizzle some honey, 
put honey on top of the bar and then the bacon on top of the honey. That way, you know, it'll stick. Oh, it'll be yeah. easier to eat. So, because honey is supposed to be good for you, right? Like in moderation? I don't know. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? I know this has nothing to do with words, but. What's... The weirdest thing I've ever eaten? Or tried. Um, that was weird. I don't know. I'd say eel. You know, like when you go get sushi and you get eel, but but I like eel. Um, I've had crocodile and that was weird. Oh yeah, crocodile. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've never tried the more exotic meats. Uh, I have had octopus, which I'm not really into. Um, yeah, the crocodile was really uh, like hard, like very rubbery, right? That kind of a thing. Rubbery. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine so. So, uh, so back to words. Uh, we'll yeah. Start another podcast on weird things that you eat. Perfect. Uh, that'll be the next podcast. Okay. Um, so, uh, how did you how did you get into writing there, Chris? How did I get into writing? You yeah. know, I guess I don't know when it was. Sometime in my teenage years. I decided I wanted to, you know, write books. Um, and then it just took me well into adulthood to finally get around to doing it. Well, and yeah, it's, not a, it's not an easy thing to do. Like it's yeah. like process. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like the idea of it seems like, yeah, that's something I should do. But then the sitting down and actually taking the time and writing and, and sitting with the story, it's a process of course. Um, for me, what really motivated me to start writing books was simply, I realized I was not going to live forever. And I was getting to an age where I'm like, you know, I'm really not going to be around all that much longer, even if I have a nice life. I mean, I got to start writing these books sooner than later. So yeah, it's my, kind of hard to write a book when you're 90. Yeah, exactly. So, so death can be a good motivator. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> it's coming up one of these days. Let's get on this. And my first book was actually going to be a, a book of short stories. That's how I envisioned it. I was going to do like a dozen short stories because that seemed less intimidating than writing an entire novel. Um, but yeah. what happened was the, the first short story uh, just got a lot of momentum. It just kept going and going and going. And the next thing I knew, I was like, I don't know if I have a full-fledged novel here, but I at least have a novella. Uh, so I at least have a standalone thing. And uh, that was how Eat With Caution came to be. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. And where, where can people find Eat With Caution? They can find it on Amazon. Nice. nice. Yeah. That's great. And are, do you have an audiobook version available? I don't yet. A lot about um, reading, reading uh, you, Chris, reading the whole book. <laughs> Yeah, I've thought about that. I've thought about um, Almy, my fiance, reading it because she's got a good voice. And oh, then, that's genius. Yeah, and then someone else told me that I should read it because I do an impression of David Lynch, the filmmaker, and someone told me I should do the audio version of my book in my David Lynch voice. So that's also been thrown around. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> you got to do that. I love that. Yeah, but um, yeah, something we'll get around to eventually. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've learned a lot more about audio and sound stuff during this quarantine time. So, right. yeah, um, yeah, learned a lot of. I feel like I've learned a lot of new skills too, like plumbing. Like, ooh, plumbing, nice. Can't 
not that I've like I want to learn about plumbing, but it is pretty <laughs> interesting. But yeah. no, some plumbing things come up, and I'm like, well, I don't want a plumber to come over. I don't want anyone to come over. That's the so thing. Yeah, right like, now, do I want someone I don't know in my living area during this yeah. crazy time? Yeah. So I just looked it up online and I fixed it. You know. Like, nice. Good for you. And you have that sense of accomplishment. You're like, I can yeah. do anything now. It's yeah, a win-win. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. So, okay. So you got into writing. Um, uh, you've just always, so what attracted you to writing? Was there a, a specific author that you uh, hmm. into? Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember I really liked Beverly Cleary books. She wrote the Ramona books. So I read all that stuff. Okay, Beverly Cleary, cool. Yeah, Beverly Cleary was an influence when I was a kid, that's for sure. And then, I don't know, in high school, I don't know, I, I guess I was just too busy being a teenager. I, I, I remember I liked writing in English class. I mean, English class, I always, you know, got a little excited about as far as getting excited about, you know, going to classes, but I liked writing and I felt like I was pretty good at it. So I just had some confidence in that area, I guess. And then, yeah, I guess it was around college age that I got the idea in my head that I could maybe write. And I guess around that age, my biggest influence would have been Kurt Vonnegut, just because his books are funny and they're easy to read. I think that's part of it, too. You know, he doesn't um, use a lot. Of, I mean, he's obviously a super intelligent dude, but his writing style, for me at least, is very easy to digest. So that was those were his, his kind of books where I could like read these and not feel overwhelmed about reading them in the first place. And they, they would also make me laugh. And I like that as well. Um, so he, he was always a big influence. That's awesome. Yeah, your books are very funny. Do you prefer Thanks. Uh, reading over listening to books? Yeah, definitely. I like so I, to read. I... Um, I don't think I've ever, I'm trying to think here, like the only audio book I've ever listened to that I can remember, and it's not even like a novel, it would be uh, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. <laughs> I think it's the only book I've ever listened to, like on a CD or whatever. Um, I like the experience of, of seeing the words on the page. I don't know how else to describe it. I like holding a book or holding, you know, the electronic device these days sometimes. Um, but the audiobook, I think it's because my mind wanders too. Uh, just the way I process information. Anytime I'm reading, I, I usually have to reread pages because my mind just starts going off in all directions, daydreaming, thinking about things I need to take care of. No, I just get distracted really easily. Um, and so what do that's you help yeah. that? sorry. What do you what do you do to help that with not getting distracted? I just have to reread things. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really like, um, yeah. I haven't come up with a better method than that other than I'll be like, oh, three pages have gone by. I don't really remember what the heck I read here. So then I go back and I reread it. So I think that's the only way it's like, it, it needs to be reinforced. It's almost like the first time around, my mind is just kind of skimming the surface of the words, kind of processing it. Like, okay, the story's moving along. But then I'll reach a point where I'm like, man, I got to go back here if I really want to understand what's yeah. happening. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> like totally me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to like reread like a hundred times, like start over and over and over. Yeah, so, I'm a slow, um, I'm a very slow reader. Like if I, if I get a book, I'm going to have that book for at least a few weeks, maybe a month. I know it's going to be with me for a while. 
whereas my fiance can read like an entire novel in one night. She's a very fast reader and she's really good oh, at just, really? yeah, she's a speed reader and she can process the books and then she can have a dialogue with you immediately about what she just read and cite all this specific stuff. Whereas if I read a book, even if it has like a big impression on me, people are like, well, what'd you think? I'm like, oh, it's really good. I'm like, which part? I don't know. Just all of it. It's just a great book. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. Wow. She's a speed reader. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. That's a skill for sure. Because that's something like, man, nah, I'm not wired that way. <laughs> right. Wow. So, um, so, okay, you wrote your first book. What did it feel like to make that accomplishment? I felt it felt pretty great, you know, because um, it was like I did it, you know, that was something I guess you'd say it's on the bucket list that uh, I always wanted to write a book and just say, hey, I did this. And it wasn't a matter of, you know, does it sell a million copies? Does everyone read it? I mean, of course, I'd love to sell a million copies and have everyone read it and love it. But it's more just the sense of accomplishment that like I did it. Um, and it's nice to have, especially like, um, you know, th these days eBooks, you know, are, are the rage. So you don't even have to print the printed version if you don't want to. I mean, you could just write a book basically and format it and upload it to Amazon and you're done. You know, you can do this for next yeah. to nothing. Um, you know, of course I chose to, to get some printed copies too, like a hundred or so just to have, cause it's also nice to have that physical thing and then you can sign copies for your friends and, and do that whole deal and that's always fun too um but it was fun it was um it it i don't know how to describe it it's just one of those things with writing it's like you just have to sit down every day and do it and i have to kind of trick myself into doing it because it's something i don't naturally want to do there's always a lot of resistance and procrastination so what i do is i set a timer on my phone for one hour because uh, I'm like, well, I can at least sit down in this chair for an hour. <laughs> and then once the timer goes off, I have permission to just do whatever else I want to for the rest of the day. And I don't keep track like how many words I got. Like some days I might get 2000 words. And then other days I might get like 100. One word. So I, or one. Yeah, one word. No words. Um, but I don't judge it by the word count. I judge it by time uh, in. Like, how, did I put an hour in today? Yeah. Because it's one of those things, as long as you put in the time, eventually you will have a finished product. But the hardest part is just putting that time in every day with regularity. Because if I get out of the habit, then it's really hard to get back in that habit, so. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So uh, how did you, um, uh, Sorry, let me rephrase the question. Uh, um, okay, so Kurt Vonnegut and Beverly Cleary are your yeah. writers. Um, yeah. Uh, what other what other like authors do you really do you do you really admire? Sure. I need more. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, the the authors that really stick with me are the ones that use humor those are always gonna be the ones that stick with me. And one guy, his name was John Kennedy Toole, and he wrote A Confederacy of Dunces. And if you don't know that one, that's another one I suggest anyone check out. Uh, it's a really good book. It's a really sad story. The book was not printed during his lifetime. 
um, he actually took his own life. And then his mother fought for him. She had the, the manuscript or whatever you call it. She had the book and was going around trying to get it published. And then she finally convinced someone to publish it. And it's considered by some to be one of the better books ever written. Um, but it's, it's a silly, it's a very silly story. And it's a very humorous story. Um, but it's just, uh, it's a fantastic novel. That's, that's a book that um, has always influenced me. And then the author that, yeah. Oh, good. What's the book called? Oh, it's called A Confederate, a, let's see if I can get it out. A Confederacy of Dunces. Okay. And I know Hollywood has been interested in making it into a movie over the years. There was a time when Steven Soderbergh was attached to try to adapt it. But I think they just haven't figured out how to take this book and, and, and make it into a movie yet. But hopefully someday they do. I'd be curious to see what they do with it. Because uh, I think the book was written in the 60s originally. Um, and then the other author, and this was an author, I didn't even know who he was. I just picked up one of his books at a, uh, at a used bookstore. And his name is Richard Broutigan. And the book I picked up was called Willard and His Bowling Trophies. And it's just this bizarre novella. Willard is like this, Willard's not even a real thing. He's like an inanimate object. Willard's like a statue in the shape of a bird. And it's just this bizarre story about this Willard who thinks that he has these bowling trophies. I couldn't even begin to try to pitch this, but... Uh, but, but I remember like paging through this book and I'm just the like this. You. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking this is really off the wall. This is really quirky. This is really strange. And this is something I can do. This is in my wheelhouse. I can write like this. And um, yeah, the guy's name is Richard Broudigan. And um, he's, he was pretty respected. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in danger of winning any writing awards at the moment, so I don't really know what those awards are called, but I think he won some stuff over the years, or he was recognized, you know, during his time. And this is another guy I would think was mainly uh, around during the 1960s in, in that era. And, um, and I just kind of like that whole experimental vibe anyway from that time. Um, but yeah, when I, when I bought his book, I'm like, this is something I can do. And that really motivated me to, um, to get going on, on Eat With Caution. What's what's your favorite um, book that's been adapted into a movie? Oh man, great question that I have zero answer to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here, and this is a this is a uh, the uh, elitist literature folks will not necessarily appreciate this one, but I thought the movie Gone Girl and the book Gone Girl, I thought. The, the book was well was well done. I thought the movie was was well done. Uh, Gone Girl is one of those few books I can remember where like I literally could not put it down, where I just had it with me, and then like I'd have to go meet up with some friends, so we'd, you know get together with my friends. But I had the book in my car, <laughs> and then like as soon as I was done seeing you know having coffee with them, get back in the car and start reading the book some more. Like I, I would not put it down. Like I read it in one weekend, which for me is like reading it in five minutes, because like I said, most times it takes me a month to get through a book. But uh, the, the book, G Gone Girl, was fantastic. And I thought the movie was great, too. That, that's the one that popped in my head. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Um, that's really cool. So uh, what are you writing now? Are you, are you working on some things now? What's going on now? Yeah, now, man, what is going on? I am, 
I don't know if this has something to do with just the energy in the world, but I'm fairly scattered at the moment. Like all of 2020, I've been having a little trouble focusing on stuff. And yeah, so yeah, such a wild time. Um, so creatively, I feel like it's been tougher to get stuff on the page of late than it has been in other, it's always a struggle to get stuff on the page, of course, yeah. but uh, I currently have two different stories going right now. One's like a comedy, one's more serious in tone. I'm almost wondering if it's going to end up being like one novel where I'm going to combine these two storylines. Right now, it seems like they are both standalone books. But, you know, when, when things aren't really clicking, then you have to get more creative. Like, is there something I'm not seeing here? And maybe these two stories need to be brought together and fused somehow. So I'm kind of playing around with that. Because uh, that's something, that's a form of storytelling I haven't done yet. Um, but it's been pretty herky-jerky, to be honest with you. I, I don't think I've written anything since before Thanksgiving. You know, like before the holiday break, that was the last time. And then once the holidays kicked in, and then just exhaustion from you know everything yeah, that's going yeah, on. Yeah. Um, so for me, at least, it's been a tricky time to uh, to get stuff on the page. But um, yeah, like anything, you just well, keep fighting. Tell us about, tell us about uh, the lumber jerk. Oh sure. Tell us about both your books. Actually, what are they? What are they about? And we know kind of the inspiration with eat with caution. But how did you? How did the lumber jerk come about? And yeah, just tell us. Uh, and also, who designed your book covers? Because they're very cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Three-part question. For sure. Well, I'll start with Eat With Caution. Uh, that book is about a husband and wife who are so bad at cooking that whenever they cook for someone, that person dies. Um, and they don't understand why, because they're not intentionally trying to kill people. It's just that that's how bad their cooking is it will literally kill people so basically that whole novel is them trying to figure out like what's going on here what are we screwing up uh, why are people dying and uh hopefully it's it's funny uh hopefully it has a lot of laughs uh definitely a dark comedy and uh, the cover was designed by uh, an artist buddy of mine named jared whittam and he did a great job i thought he yeah, um great. he actually painted it using like a real canvas like uh he made this actual canvas with this uh painting on it and i kind of gave him an idea what i wanted and uh, i thought he just hit it out of the park and then we took a picture like just took a photo of the uh of the painting and that became the book cover so it's cool that it's like the cover and then i also have the uh the canvas for the the listeners what's that oh describe it on the cover yeah all right. Well, it's um, it's four people, and none of them have faces. And I thought like, I'd seen some of Jared's art, and I just always admired his art. And I I don't know if I made this up or not, but I thought that he had a piece of art somewhere along the line, where there were these faceless people. And I just remember thinking, yeah, that's the vibe I want. Um, I just wanted this really impersonal, detached feel to it. For whatever reason, that was just the idea that popped in my head. Yeah. So. It's basically, there's three people sitting at a dining room table, and then there appears to be like a little kid as well, uh, who's gonna be serving one of the people. And 
yeah, one of one of the people has a mustache, but you know, no no eyes, no nose, no mouth, just a mustache. Kind of looks like he's always kind of looked like um, uh, da, 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 Will Ferrell anchorman Ron Burgundy. He's kind of always looked like Ron Burgundy to me a little bit, which I which I love. I don't know if Jared was going for that, probably not. But I'm like, oh, Ron Burgundy. Um, and then there's a couple women, and then one of the women has her hands covering her ears, like she's very uncomfortable. Um, so it's kind of a and and I like the colors. It's, it's there's a lot of pink. Uh, so the color is friendly, but then the people themselves are very detached and it's kind of like confusing what's going on here. I think that describes my style pretty well. <laughs> colorful, yeah. and, colorful and confusing. That's Chris Dotson. <laughs> and, uh, okay. In the, that's great. Eat with caution, check out that book. And The Lumber Jerk. Yeah, The Lumber Jerk. Oh, man. Where did I begin? Um, so The Lumber Jerk was, um, what? Well, my main goal with that one was to make it longer than eat with caution because yeah. i forget how many words eat with caution is i think it's like thirty thousand words because also like i don't know if people do this you know, words. but it's a lot of words right it's still a lot um yeah. but like you know it's one of those things you're writing and it's like well i want to write a novel how long should a novel be well let's just google it how many words is a novel and um 30,000 I found was at the low end where it's just like okay that's a novel you're getting there but mm, I don't know so for the lumberjerk I'm like well I got to get over 30 I can't remember what I ended up with maybe like 50 if I had to guess 50,000 words but um and that was one that also started out as a short story and I, I think I wrote the first scene probably five or six years before I actually wrote the book like I just had this random idea where it's like this this uh and the premise of the lumberjerk is it's this weirdo middle-aged guy who is convinced that someone is urinating in the pool at the gym he belongs to <laughs> and he asks that well he doesn't ask he demands that the manager of the gym find out who it is that's been peeing in the pool and the manager says i don't want to do that get out of here so then the guy says, well, I'm going to hire two hitmen to kill the gym manager. And that's, that's the lumberjerk in a nutshell. So it's about just kind of a dummy guy who um, decides he wants to off someone in the hopes that that will make him feel better. And it just kind of goes from there. But um, I, I, I wrote like the first scene or the first chapter, I guess you would call it, it's probably several years ago, like when I didn't even think it would be anything. I just thought like, this is kind of a funny scene. Let's like write this out. Maybe it'll become a short story. I don't know. So after Eat With Caution, I was just kind of going back through just little things I might have jotted down over the years. And I picked up on that one and I'm like, oh, there's, I think there's something there. And, uh, and like anything, I just got back in the habit, sitting down for an hour a day. And, you know, sometimes when the hour's up, you know, I'll keep going. Like if I have good momentum going, I might write for like two hours. But at least for me, I'm not one of those people that's like a marathon writer. I'm not someone who writes for seven or eight hours straight. Like, like I imagine like a Stephen King kind of guy doing that who can just sit down and just crank it out. I get tired really easily and, um, right. and I get hungry and I get distracted like I was talking about. So uh, I always do an hour and then if I can sneak in more, I'll do it. But, uh, but usually not more than two hours. I don't think I can ever write more than that in a, in a given session. Um, right, right, right. That makes sense. You gotta, yeah. you gotta like get up, 
walk around a little bit, stretch those legs. Yeah, exactly. Get the blood flowing. That's great. Well, uh -huh. check out those books. They're on Amazon, right? Amazon? Yeah, they're on, they're both on Amazon. And I was just going to say the cover design for the Lumberjerk yeah. was by my buddy, Rob Getchman. And I thought he did a bang up job. And, and for the Lumberjerk, I wanted to have more of a minimalist feel. So I kind of told Rob what I wanted. It was just like, I want a swimming pool, because obviously that's a big part of the story. And yeah. uh, just a few other objects like with like floating in the pool. And, and that's it. And uh, I thought he did a, a fantastic job with it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, we'll check those out, The Lumber Jerk and Eat With Caution on Amazon. And what do, what do words mean to you, Chris? What do words mean to me? Well, words are important to me because that's the only way so far as humans that we can, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say the only way, but it is a very important way to be able to communicate feelings uh, because we all are these humans with all these complex feelings inside of us. And, and words are a good way to be able to communicate and express those feelings. And the better we all are with words and with using our words, the better we can communicate in life in general and the better we can hopefully get along. Yeah, that's awesome. Well put. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. That's great. That's really great. And uh, also, uh, I gave you other homework, uh, podcast homework, I like to call it. Um, uh, what's a, a new word people wouldn't know? Right. I, you know, I, I'll just preface this by saying I don't have a huge vocabulary, you know, like, I mean, obviously I know a lot of words I can string together, you know, a novel, yeah. so, but, but I don't, you know, those like word a day calendars, I would definitely benefit from having one of those because whenever I see one of those, like at a coffee shop, like I never know the word, like it's always like brand new to me. I'm like, man, there's so many other words. Out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the one I picked randomly is capricious. Capricious. Yeah. Cause it's like a word. Yeah. It's like a word I've heard so many times over the years, but if someone said, Chris, what does capricious mean? I'd be like, uh like really uh really like you know, a dessert or something yeah like really a happy really, um oh really grateful that's what it, yeah oh he was so capricious for the gift he received <laughs> he, was just, he was so grateful um but no i wouldn't know what what it meant so i looked it up and capricious means given to sudden and unaccountable changes of mood and behavior it means impulsive and unpredictable that's what capricious means Whoa. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought that. I don't know. I don't know. So it means unpredictable? Yeah, unpredictable. Like like capricious weather. You know? I right. don't know. Okay, use it in a sentence. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow, have you seen the forecast? The weather looks really capricious this week. We've got <laughs> rain, hail, we've got fog, we've got Great. sun, we've got, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Capricious. I think that that's, that might be my new favorite word. It's fun to say. Yeah. Capricious. I really like the word fruition because it's kind mm. of fruit. Yep. Can't go wrong with fruition. Really that's a good one. Like Absolutely. Because it feels, mm. it feels nice. Absolutely. Yeah. That word popped in my head too earlier today when I was kind yeah. of brainstorming words. Absolutely. And tenacious. Tenacious. Yeah. Those are good ones. Yeah. Well, uh, can you read us um, just a random section from one of your books? Like just a, maybe like a paragraph. Okay. 
we'll kind of end the podcast in that way if you could just kind of read a little paragraph yeah okay let's uh let's see what happens here i'm gonna read the the first quarter of this page tina was getting the answers she was looking for oh good oh good good call it's eat with caution okay here we go Tina was getting the answers she was looking for regarding Jack's history with Italy. Meanwhile, Sally and Tim were embroiled in quite the argument. In fact, Tim was doing something tonight that he had never done to Sally during their 15 years of marriage. He was yelling at her. I don't have to tell you if I was watching a cooking program about lobster bisque or not, yelled Tim. If you get to stay out all night and not return my numerous calls and texts, then I get to watch whatever I want and not tell you about it. So there you go. Wow, that's great. So eat eat with caution. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Amazon and the yep. Lumber Jerk. And you can find Chris on uh, Instagram on the internet. Check him out on the on the internet there. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for being my first guest there, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a very capricious time. And actually, that's not the proper way to use that word, I realized. But uh, I just felt like saying capricious again. But I had a great time. Well, yeah, Let's but you that. said unexpected. So. Oh, there you go. That yeah. was a capricious use of the word capricious. I used it capriciously. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Say I had a, Fun with words. I had a capricious, I had a capriciously uh, great time. <laughs> Same. Sense? I think it Yeah. Did. Yeah, this was super capricious for both of us. Yeah. Cool. So uh, thank you, Chris. And uh, what are you doing for the rest of your day, I guess? What am I doing the rest of the day? I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to be looking at astrology. That's one of my hobbies. I'm big into astrology and actually do an astrology podcast with my fiance called Something About Astrology. Oh, yeah. Check Uh, that out as well. Yeah, yeah. This week especially looks uh, a lot of move, movement with the planets. Let's just put it that way. So I'm going to be looking at that. And then I also need to get some paper towels. So that's, um, <laughs> that's the paper stuff. Day. It's always on everyone's mind, right? Especially right now, yeah. is there enough paper towels, toilet paper, et cetera. But uh, so the we're going to go buy some so paper towels. Make sure everyone <laughs> stays on your feet. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, dot man i call him dot man you can too but thanks for listening to this podcast and uh sayonara see you later (laughs) see you later okay all right see you later